Are you scared? We're all scared. Hey, my pleasure. And I got to say, before we get into the uh, the defamation trial, the idea of Trump on CNN. When I was a kid, the Superman comics, the bizarro world concept, everything upside down. <laughs> that seems bizarro world for him to be on CNN. But live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Let's do it. 810 on Wisconsin's Morning News. And I want to start this hour with a look ahead to tonight's CNN Town Hall. Former President Donald Trump and 2024 candidate Trump on stage in a 7 p.m. hour time appearance. There's a debate over whether CNN even ought to provide the former president that platform. We'll get into that in a bit. It comes, of course, on the heels of the jury verdict against former President Trump in the civil sexual abuse case. A jury finding Trump liable for abusing a woman, E. Jean Carroll, who accused him of raping her in a department store dressing room nearly 30 years ago. We have the opportunity this morning to speak with ABC News legal analyst Royal Oaks, who is with us live to kind of sort through a number of the details and the ripple effects of that from the verdict. Royal, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us. Hey, my pleasure. And I got to say, before we get into the uh, the defamation trial, the idea of Trump on CNN, when I was a kid, the Superman comics, the bizarro world concept, everything upside down, <laughs> that seems bizarro world for him to be on CNN. But, you know, it was a bit of a shock that this jury unanimously came to their conclusion after just, what, three hours of deliberation. But boy, uh, they didn't hesitate. Five million dollars awarded against Donald Trump finding he committed battery, not rape, but sexual assault, and he committed defamation, injuring Gene Carroll's reputation. And can I have you point out this important distinction? This was not a criminal conviction. It was a civil case, important because the president, the former president, also has several other pending legal cases against them, against him, some of them criminal. This was not one of those. Exactly right. This happened in the mid-90s. The accuser actually couldn't even pinpoint the year, but she did not go to the cops. There was no prosecution against Donald Trump for rape or any kind of sexual assault, and the statute of limitations on that crime passed decades ago. But New York State recently allowed people who say they were victims of sexual abuse a one-year opening, a window to file suits, even if things happened decades ago. So she took advantage of that, and that's why it was not dismissed as being too late. Not a criminal case, civil case for money damages only, for battery and defamation, and there are various forms of battery. The jury rejected the theory that she was a victim of battery in the form of rape, but accepted the argument that there was sexual assault of some kind. So how do we interpret that, that, that it was not rape but sexual assault? Well, the idea is she's there in the dressing room at the uh, at the department store, Bergdorf Goodman, and something bad happened of a sexual nature, some unwanted sexually oriented touching that didn't actually involve rape. That is the best we can infer from this jury's decision based on the testimony that they heard. And of course, as you know, the testimony was from Donald Trump by videotape in his pretrial deposition under oath, but not in front of the jury. And a lot of people are thinking there was some jury fury going on here. When you take time out of your life and you serve on a jury uh, and you see one of the parties to the lawsuit doesn't even show up, will not look you in the eye and deny the allegations. 
uh, the speculation is that the jurors were not happy about that. We'll know more, of course, when they start talking. Inevitably, some of them will take the first class flights to New York City and get on the morning network shows. But right now, that's the strong speculation is that they were not happy with the fact that Donald Trump didn't share that courtroom experience with them. Talking with ABC News legal analyst Royal Oaks, who's walking us through the decision, the verdict against in this civil trial, former President Trump. I think on that point as well, Royal, the president's or former president's performance in that videotaped deposition, well, with someone with a legal background such as yourself, have you ever seen someone acquit himself more poorly in terms of trying to curry favor with a jury than the former president did in this case? Yeah, there were a couple of big problems in his deposition. First of all, he had been saying for a long time, this woman is not my type, as if that's pertinent to the question of rape. But he was saying, oh, I would never get involved with her. She's not my type. Then they showed him a picture of her, and he looked at the picture, and he said, oh, that's my wife, Marla Maples. Well, no, it was a picture of the accuser, Gene Carroll. So that kind of undermined the type idea. The other mistake he made was that they asked him about the famous Access Hollywood tape, oh, celebrities can grab women, and they asked him, is that true? And he said, well, yeah, it's been true for millions of years. You know, strong star celebrity men have been able to do this kind of thing. And then he added, fortunately or unfortunately. Whoa, the, the lawyer for Gene Carroll made so much hay about that in the final argument, saying to the jury, excuse me, he thinks that under some circumstances, sexual assault is fortunate. So, yeah, the deposition didn't help him, and maybe that was one of the reasons he didn't testify, is because he and his lawyers knew he might not have a great day on the stand in front of the jury. Let's just just go with the deposition. Legal expert Royal Oaks on Wisconsin's Morning News. So he is going to be at a town hall tonight, Royal. Is there, and he also says he wants to appeal this uh, verdict from the jury yesterday. Is there anything he could say tonight that could potentially disrupt his appeal, or could he get himself into more trouble by something he might react to in this case? Well, you never know. Things can go off the rails in an interview, but very likely what he's going to say is essentially what he's been saying, namely, this is despicable. Uh, I didn't even know this woman. Now, they were both high-profile TV folks in New York at the time, so he, he knew of her, certainly, but he argues that he actually never met her, and they had no kind of relationship or interaction. So I think you're going to see him reiterate that and just say, doggone it, you know, we're going to appeal it, and uh, ultimately we're going to win. I, I'd expect that uh, that's going to be the gist of his comments tonight if that comes up. Talking with Royal Oaks of ABC News legal analyst, you know, back to the discussion about uh, the Trump's performance in that deposition, Royal. It, it just strikes me as, regardless of what people feel about his policies or what kind of a guy he is, President Trump knew better. He had to know better than to answer the line of questioning in the manner in which he did. He even could have acknowledged historically his point about, well, historically, this has happened. Men have acted this way towards women. But if I were his lawyer and coaching him, I would say, but then you say that was just a couple guys talking. I came off like a jerk. I regret those comments. And certainly it had nothing to do with this case. But it was like... Does he have an inability to be coached in that way? Like, what happens to him in those circumstances where he can't help himself? Having uh, prepared hundreds of witnesses for depositions and having watched Donald Trump for a while, 
I think he's probably the least coachable person on the planet. (laughs) Uh, On the other hand, as you know, he's been extraordinarily successful, and he is a tremendous communicator. He has an amazing instinct about reaching out to people, getting himself elected in the most improbable way. So he's just such a complex figure. Uh, He didn't have common sense there, no good judgment, totally uncoachable, and yet you can't argue with his track record of success. So a very complex guy, uh, but that's what happens when you have somebody that complex with so many facets. Uh, every once in a while, things are going to go off the rails. Is there anything else that could incriminate him tonight in some of the other investigations that are taking place? Is that possible for him to say something that some of these, you know, the special prosecutor in Washington or in some of these other investigations Georgia could grab case, onto? New York yeah. case, right. Absolutely. You know, these potential crimes are so keyed into his intent. Prosecutors have a big burden to try to demonstrate that he really intended to cause an insurrection, to cheat and steal the election in Georgia, as opposed to having a a legitimate good faith belief, however unfounded. You know, the judges said, no, uh, if you had a a good faith belief, I really think that we were defrauded. If there are 12,000 votes out there, that would be great. If he says something in this town hall that undermines uh, his argument that he had a good, solid, honest intent, it could add fuel to the fire and encourage the prosecutors around the country to file still more indictments. ABC News legal analyst Royal Oaks with us live on Wisconsin's Morning News this morning. Sure, appreciate your expertise this morning, Royal. Thank you. You bet. Thanks. 818 on Wisconsin's Morning News. So the next couple of questions that we want to explore uh, when we come back from the break is, one, how does this impact the president's electability or lack thereof in 2024? My suggestion is, and there's a recent poll that also would kind of bolster this suggestion, not at all, changes no one's mind for or against. And then secondly, whether or not CNN ought to provide a platform for the former president and for a stated 2024 candidate for president. There are a lot of folks who think he flat doesn't belong on TV. And CNN defending its decision saying, look, we have a guy who's running for president is right now the front runner to win the GOP nomination. And we have a duty to provide him that platform to share whatever ideas it is that he wants. You agree or disagree? We'll talk about that next on Wisconsin's Morning News. on Wisconsin's Morning News talking about the verdict against former President Donald Trump. His appearance tonight on CNN for, I think it's an hour, right? 7 o'clock our time, a town hall that's going to be coming from uh, New Hampshire, the important state of New Hampshire, early primary voting state. Got this question uh, on the Old National Bank talking text line, 855-616-1620. I totally disagree. Who says he's the front runner? I only use that in terms of his nomination for the GOP presidential candidacy and a number of different polls here I just pulled this one up 538 had Trump polling boy in this particular poll almost 50 15 points ahead of Ron DeSantis who has yet to officially declare for the race so I, I call him the front runner only in relation to recent polling but and you're just you're talking about the GOP nomination yes so don't be don't misunderstand what front runner and there are different polls that pit uh Trump v. Biden, what would that look like? Trump v. some other Democrat. Yep. Trump DeSantis v. DeSantis. V. Yep, right, exactly, all, stuff, yep, all yep. of those things. But in terms of who is the front runner right now, according to the polls for the GOP nomination for president, it's, it's Trump. A couple of interesting little nuggets about that town hall tonight on CNN. First of all, 
Trump still has a $475 million defamation lawsuit filed against CNN. CNN. (laughs) (laughs) And I did not realize this. This is the first time that he will appear on the network since 2016. Yeah, Royal Oak said it was Bizarro World. Yeah, essentially he has not been on there, refused to go on there. Uh, Now, yes, you've seen clips, you've seen him do campaign, whatever have you, speeches, all that have been on CNN, but he has not done a... Something like this, some type of one-on-one or some type of live interview or any type of interview with CNN since 2016. Uh, I thought this was an interesting nugget. He says that it could turn into a disaster for all, including me. (laughs) Man, regardless of what you think of him, man, he comes up with some funny stuff. Could be a disaster for everyone, including me. He should just do stand-up. My God. (laughs) He really should. Um, So... There's a lot of people critical, a lot of um, different entities critical of CNN for doing this. And CNN, yeah, I think to that's your interesting. Point, CNN has said, look, you know, the, it's the GOP front runner again for the GOP nomination. And that's why we would do this. We would do it no matter who it is. Um, but also others saying that this just makes his platform, it raises it and it makes it more normal. It's normalizing him as just another presidential candidate when he's not, when he obviously has had. He's under investigation. There's some other situations there. Um, yeah, what do you make of that? I mean, I, I, critics would suggest I don't want CNN to be filtering out people who are candidates, particularly people who are polling as well as he is. We're not talking about somebody who's polling at one and a half percent, who's just right. some crank out there who's not going to, you know, not going to move the meter one way or another. Right. It's a legit, again, agree or disagree with Trump or like him or don't like him, a legitimate contender for the GOP nomination. Do you really want this media entity saying, well, we don't like this guy or like what he says, so we'll just filter him out? And if you want to flip it around, say, for example, here on WTMJ, we said we provided we didn't like what Janet Protosiewicz was doing when she was running for state Supreme Court because we thought that she was violating her oath as a judge because she was going too far out stating advocacy for certain points of view. So we'll just we'll just filter her out and not let her talk on on the on the radio station. Yeah, I can't do that. I mean, you can't. So that's that's the catch-22 that you get in, regardless of which side of the aisle you're on. Do you really want us in the media here standing here saying, you get to hear these voices, but you don't get to hear these voices? You really want to try to provide a balance. I know we tried to do that on, on this show. I want everybody to have a voice, agree or disagree with it. We can even talk about it. You can give a take on it. But I want, I want you to hear from these folks. Speaking of balance, there are other critics who say that's what CNN's trying to do here, trying to go after the conservative voter again, especially with all the chaoticness, if you will, of what's happening at Fox News. Joy Reid, an anchor on rival MSNBC, derided the town hall tonight as a, quote, pretty open attempt by CNN to push itself to the right and make itself attractive and show its belly to mega. Show its belly to mega. What's <laughs> the underbelly? That's an absurd statement, too. That just says that your belly is exposed to only one side of the aisle. And so if anybody wants to hear a, a counterpoint, don't bother watching our network. I mean, and, and who's accusing CNN of going hard to the right? Well, I, also, if he, if he comes on there and you hammer him hard and he fails to make his case, like, I'm sure there'll be a lot of complaints from the right of how, how slanted the interview was or how slanted the town hall is. They brought Trump on to just beat him up like... I don't see this whatsoever as any sort of overture to the right from CNN. Yeah, well, and also to point out, there's a lot of Republicans who don't like this guy. There and are, are, there are a lot who don't like this guy. So there is that as well with all of this, you know. 828 on Wisconsin's Morning News. 7 o'clock is the start time for that tonight. Our time on CNN.
8.31 on Wisconsin's Morning News. As CNN right now just calling him the GOP frontrunner. Despite legal clouds, that was the other point that I was going to make is, you know, regardless of whether it's this case or some of the criminal cases playing out against the president, it doesn't seem to move the needle whatsoever in terms of people's opinions who are staunch supporters of him, people who really don't like him. And then there's that whole middle ground of I hear it a lot from some conservatives of like, I don't want to like him. I don't want him to be our nominee, but I don't know what to do with him because nobody else has so far risen up and waged a real challenge. DeSantis could be that person, but he has not yet officially declared. What do you what do you make of the argument that you hear a lot that uh, Democrats are trying in this coordinated effort to push Trump forward so he is the GOP nominee because they believe he'd be easier to defeat. He's easier to defeat, which was a decision that completely backfired on him in 2016. But according to the polling right now, would I suppose be sound because he doesn't poll very well. There's a little back and forth between if, if President Biden does in fact run again, which he says he is, but you know, we'll see. And what do you what do you make of that argument that there's some sort of effort to really, uh, you know, on the left, push him out there so that that's who Democrats ultimately I face? I think you've seen some success with that whole theory and you've seen some failures in it, haven't right. you? Over the over the past since 2016, when some have either been endorsed by or supported Trump, some have had success that way and others have not. So that, that has backfired, I know, for in some of these cases when they've tried to push the the character who has a, a Trump support behind Sort of him. like Greek tragedy. That which you do right. to avoid your fate only compels you to be subject to it. I mean, and there's been some talk about that, too, about what happens with some of these investigations that are taking place. Does that open the door for the governor of Florida? And does that make his track to the White House easier if he were able to get Trump out of the way because of some investigation that goes further into it? It's, it's an interesting time we live in right now. I think I'm going to watch that CNN thing. Yeah, I just, want to, I just want to see how it gets thrown down. If he, if it's a disaster for CNN, if it's a disaster for Trump, I wonder how Caitlin Collins, uh, the CNN correspondent who's going to be hosting it, like, how do you prepare for that? Do you like have? Do you do you, you have to have all? It's live. So yeah. You have to be able to back up claims or refute claims that are thrown out there, and not only that, you have to be prepared for any curveball or sideball or filibuster right at the same so have you been like practicing with actors (laughs) like do you have like the dude from snl come on and help you like figure out how to like position yourself how do you jump in when it's gone on too long and then he starts with the excuse me excuse me no excuse me no eric excuse Mm -hmm. me you know and you're like oh right i mean tactically how do you even uh, conduct an interview with him in this format much less right keep it from getting out of hand right on Wisconsin's Morning News. Can you you play that Bill Gates stuff again? We had a, you know, we talk a lot about artificial intelligence on the show. (laughs) I'm not sure. And and part of it is just a fascination with it. Part of it is that what's interesting to me is how quickly artificial intelligence has accelerated and our exploration of it. And then, you know, we look out at what are the ripple effects and what could it all mean? I kind of liken it to where we were with self-driving cars a few years ago, and that fizzled quickly. But 
The technology in the self-driving cars was advancing so quickly, I feel, maybe four or five years ago that we were like, wow, this is like a few years away where I don't have to touch the wheel. And then it, all of a sudden, you know, with some of the road tests that didn't work out and Tesla had some difficulties in that, it seemed to never quite get to that next step where you're just hopping in the car and it's Johnny Cab. That said, though, there are cars that are starting to maneuver on their own while yes. you're driving them. You can take your hands off the wheel and it'll make the wide turns and they'll slam on the brakes if you don't brake while yeah. you're driving toward a car. So, like, more and more things are being added to it. But, yes, let's get to the AI. If my intelligence is artificial, then why am I smarter than you? Part of the reason why I'm so fascinated by the artificial intelligence conversation is because of what we hear from those in the know, i.e. Bill Gates, the founder of Microsoft. Are you scared? We're all scared. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Dude, I don't want you to be scared. You're that, in charge. That's Bill Gates on ABC discussing what he fears could happen with AI. We're all scared that a bad guy could grab it. Uh, let's say the bad guys get ahead of the good guys. Then something like cyber attacks you know, could be driven by an AI. Yeah, so bad actors. That's what Gates is worried about. That's why they keep pushing for regulations. Because they're fearing that bad actors will get their hands on things and cause all kinds of chaos. Now, see, I told you, though, my fear is not so, and I think that is legit, you know, so is there some country unfriendly to us that gets that? Is it a terrorist network? Is it someone domestically even, right, that has nefarious intentions? Okay. My other concern, though, on a sort of, I don't know, out, more out there level is, and maybe this is Hollywood, but that the AI becomes the bad actor. Not by any intention, not even directed so, that it it is artificial intelligence. It grows smarter and then starts doing things that we didn't want it to do. Yeah, as of now, there, it sounds like according to Why some... Why are you more concerned about that? Well, You're talking me off the ledge on this. The experts seem to think that it's it, at this point, okay. AI is not necessarily able to reinvent or invent something new. It can, be, it can work off the parameters that it's given... But it can't necessarily just decide, hey, you know what would be better? <laughs> we didn't if we didn't have humans. Like it can't think that we, way. We didn't yet. make an AI music right. generator that all of a sudden launches nuclear right. war. But there are some things to okay. think about. This is Sir Patrick Valance. He discussed this. He's also an AI expert. He he mentioned three specific issues he has. There are three areas of society that uh, I think need to be thought about. The first is with the large models and the potential, uh, how do you determine what's true and what's not? Right. Okay, we're already there. Replication of all sorts of things. Yeah, so he's concerned about that. And actually, it got me the other day. I, th I thought I was really good at this, but I got caught the other day. I saw a picture of the Pope wearing a big puffy coat, and I was like, oh, that's a pretty, pretty cool-looking <laughs> Pope coat. I think you were off the, that week. Spaulding was in here, and he had the the white one, yeah, right? Yeah. The big, put the puffy big coat? puffy coat on. Fake. Like, yeah, Never it's fake. It. I didn't realize that until today when I heard the story, and they're like, yeah, this is one of the ones that floated out there. He looked oh, awesome, though. So it is. That's legitimate, though. Like, okay, so what are you believing? What, what are you seeing? We already have that happening now, by the way, and it's not even that specific, but people believe a lot of things that they see that isn't really there. That's number one. A second is there will be a big impact on jobs, and that impact could be as big as the Industrial Revolution was. How are we going to think about that? All right, more on the jobs in a second. Let's get to the third one here. Over a slightly longer time frame. And the third, of course, is what happens uh, with these things when they get 
uh, to start to do things you really didn't expect and what are the risks associated with that that may be a slightly longer term so okay, so he was saying yeah. slightly longer term for that. But for that's what you're it. worried about, the Skynet See? stuff. That's on his list. Yeah. It's number three. So here's what's interesting about the job. So there's another guy. His name is Ben Gertzel. He's a U.S.-Brazilian tech boss, and he's been talking AI for years. And he foresees AI taking over 80% of the jobs. 80%. 80%. Yeah. So then what happens so to that 80%, though? Like, this is one of the areas of the three that he listed. I'm least concerned about this. Not that I'm not concerned about it, but of the three areas that he listed, because throughout human history, technology has advanced. We've always worried about what this does that true. mean, right. the more automation we have, you mm -hmm. know, when it was robots. Oh, we're going to have robots. They're going to do everything for yeah. us. Well, no. Then we have coders who code for the robots. We have people who service the robots. We have, you know, like, so it... Yeah, good one, point. one area always seems to spur new development in the employment sector. Perhaps you are on the same page as Gertzel then. He says, so, I, don't, I don't think it's a threat when it comes to the 80% thing. I think it's a benefit. People can find better things to do with their life than work for a living. Wait, I'm not on the same page. I didn't mean like we're all going to get to quit. See, I love that idea. Like, yeah, excellent. <laughs> but what are we yeah, going to do? How in the world are we paying our mortgage? How are we buying food? He says pretty much every job involving paperwork should be automatable. Automatable? He says the issue, though, is... He's British. It would probably be autonomable. The problem I see is in the interim period, when AIs are obsoleting one human job after another. So it's the transition period. It's and like we haven't the, figured the back yeah, end out yet. Yeah. The like, dot-com bubble, remember when that all happened and everyone was jumping on? I mean, similar situation here, maybe, in some ways. But how do you get to the... How do you get to B? We're at point A. How long will it take and how tragic will it be getting to point B? It's done. I'm telling you. On his list, number three still, when the AI takes over and changes its mind. This is what I'm doing now. Are you scared? We're all scared. Ten minutes before 9 o'clock on Wisconsin's Morning News, both uh, Today's Show and Good Morning America both covered, I think CNN had it as well, this woman who is an author. She wrote a book that, I don't know, if you, if you believe the investigator story, and she is not convicted yet, she merely faces charges at this point, but this is a woman who had written a book about grief. It was a children's book, and how you can help your children through the loss of a loved one. And it appears right now she had... Again, if you believe the story that investigators have laid out, she had this great idea for a book. The only problem was she didn't have a dead husband. So she got him dead. So you think that's how this all happened? Well, <laughs> so she maybe the idea for the book did not precede this, <laughs> but this is a woman who literally wrote the book on how you deal in a family setting with grief and the loss of a loved one who is now accused of murdering her husband. And even did like local TV interviews about the book and whatnot. And Very hard time for my family, yeah. 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 So she basically, according to prosecutors, put fentanyl into her husband's Moscow mule and then never called 911. So I think by the time the EMT got there, if I read that correctly, he was cold to the touch. Like he had been dead for uh, a while. You did read that, right. I've got it up here. Um, and she basically claimed, well, I wasn't on my phone. I didn't know anything about it. But then they looked and found out that she had been deleting texts, that she had actually visited and purchased drugs from a drug dealer. And apparently her husband 
had told someone before. This actually reminds me of the 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 Jensen, the Jensen trial. case in in Kenosha. Right, her husband had told someone. Yeah, I think my wife is trying to poison me. Which can we can we just pause there for a moment? I mean, how many conversations would you need to have about that with a friend before, like? That goes to another level of just a couple of guys talking. If you just casually brought yeah, that up to my hey, attention. Eric, you know, I, th- I think I may be getting poisoned. Yeah, I could have sworn Nicole put fertilizer in my coffee. <laughs> right, which is odd because she doesn't normally. <laughs> I don't usually take anything in my coffee. And it did make me sick the first time. Yeah, but probably not. Or like, right, if you're wondering out loud to a friend, I might be getting poisoned yeah. here. Don't we go somewhere else with that? So anyway, yeah, so he, he passes away. She writes this book. Gets attention for the book, and now, boom, she faces charges. What ultimately happens here? I mean, if, obviously, if she if she did it, and she's willing to, you know, plead it out, that probably is best case scenario for her. I also think about her family, though. What a tragedy that is for those oh, children. And you gosh. mentioned the Jensen case. What it, what the tragedy was for for those kids, right? To have to deal with that. Obviously, now you've lost your mom, or in this case, you've lost dad, and then on top of that. Oh. The other one accused of doing it. Yeah, that's awful. Ugh. That's awful. But what an odd setup. I saw that, what was it, New York Post that we looked up that headline. I'm like, what? And you go, yeah, she wrote a book about how to deal with grief, and now she's charged with killing mm-hmm. the guy. 853 on Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. 8.56 as we close things out on Wisconsin's Afternoon News and hand off to the Steve Scafidi Show. Tracy Johnson is in for Steve today. Great to see you. It's great to be here. You know, I, I was uh, out of town. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. But, um, you know, Mike Spaulding had reached out and said, hey, here are some dates. And I was pretty sure that I said Wednesday and Thursday. But I woke up Monday morning and I, I shot up and I went, Oh my God! Did I tell him Monday and Tuesday? <laughs> That's a terrible feeling. Live radio I, for three hours. I thought about texting him, and I'm like, Oh, you know what? I'm just going to tune in. And thank God, Joseph Becky was here, <laughs> so it worked out. But we have see. They say hope's not a strategy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think yeah, it worked for you. It worked out. But hey, I wanted to just congratulate you guys on the recognition from the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association. Oh, thank you. Um, I didn't hear you talk about it. Of course, you were very humble about that. But um, what an honor to be. Well, we recognized. did tell Dr. Ken he probably won his award because of his five minute appearance on our show weekly. Yeah. Oh, so that okay. was our we way helped of propel him. He's <laughs> a launching pad. Right. Yes. Can you put it in a good word for me? Can sure, I qualify? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. absolutely. We'll take care of it. Station of the year. But that's awesome. You guys, Fine. that you is really fantastic. So Thank congratulations. You. Thank you very much. Um, so we do have a, a really fun show today. I'm going to talk a little bit about being in D.C., what I see happening uh, there. And of course, spending all my days and all my nights in commercial real estate, I plan to talk a great deal about what's happening in commercial real estate. And today is a big day in the city of Milwaukee as there is a topping off ceremony for the new Wisconsin Center. So we have Marty Brooks, who's going to come and join us and talk about what that means for our city. Uh, Tracy Johnson is next on WTMJ.